Good afternoon. Thank you once again for joining me. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. But later in our program, we'll have a look at a couple of our Harvard Business Review tips. This particular one's looking for watching for signs of an emotional outburst in the workplace. We're also talking with Christina Sikiotis with our Minute on Innovation, looking at the innovation of TV and how it's grown over the years. But right now, we're going to have a chat with uh, Cathy Thompson from Markey Insurance. Good afternoon, Cathy. Good afternoon, Julian. So uh, earlier this year we touched on some of the insurances issues that arose around the April storms and as you know the Hunter region experienced the most severe conditions it's seen since 2007 and the damage and overall effect on businesses was varied and widespread. These days it seems like it's not a matter of if we are affected by a severe storm but when. Yeah, hi Julian, yes. It seems like these events are happening on a regular basis around the country. We have many insurance claims still outstanding, and there's a number of reasons for that. So, so what are some of the most important lessons we can learn from these events? Well, there's always lessons we can learn from these events so that their impact is not as devastating next time. Unfortunately, we can't control the frequency or severity of natural disasters, but they do serve as a reminder to review disaster recovery, contingency and risk management plans within the business. It's important to also remember that these plans are not set and forget and should be reviewed regularly to ensure that they remain relevant and effective. Risk, after all, is something that all businesses face and it's important to identify and rate and quantify those risks so that we can set adequate plans to deal with them. Yes, yeah, important, isn't it, to be able to quantify those, those risks. What are some of the key yeah. recommendations to storm-proof your business? Well, the first one, and the most important one, is to appreciate how important your insurance policy is to the survival of your business. It's, in fact, one of the most important contracts that you will ever enter into in your business. So you've got to pay it some attention. Make sure it works for you and not against you when a major event occurs. Another key recommendation is, and it's often overlooked, and that's a disaster recovery plan. And that should address issues such as, you know, can you take up a temporary premises somewhere? Are there alternative suppliers of stock or business equipment? And a number of other specific strategies to help the business survive these disasters. So, so I suppose businesses would look at uh, things probably in general terms and say, well, if, you know, if our building was flooded or destroyed, what, what would we do? That's right. I mean, not all businesses can move. Some businesses mm. are in a particular location and they need to be in that location. So, you know, it's just not possible to obtain the premises they need and their customer, you know, base might be in that area. So there's lots of different issues they can face. And I suppose also it's important to read the fine print in your insurance policies because sometimes you, you may things are co- think things are covered when they're not. Absolutely, and, and that's all about you know paying this attention to your policy and, mm. and making sure you are fully aware of all of the conditions and so that they're not a rude shock when something does happen. Are, are there some specific insurance co- coverages that are often overlooked by business? Yes, well, one of the biggest ones is business interruption. And it's very important because it covers the resultant loss of business growth profit following an insured event such as a storm. So in most cases, the interruption will be a result of damage at the business premises, but there are other circumstances like a power outage 
or a damage at the premises of your supplier or your customer, which may also affect your business income. So business interruption insurance should be considered by most businesses and is often the key to surviving a major disaster. And it's obviously important to seek advice uh, early when a major loss occurs, isn't it? It is. Look, that's a very important point. Your insurance advisor should be just as important to your business as your accountant or your lawyer. Their job is to work for the business and help out with these events. Um, The insurance advisor may also elect to appoint what's called a loss management specialist. And these people can work with the business from the outset and ensure that the policy entitlements are maximised and that the business can recover as quickly as possible. And if you buy a good quality insurance policy, then it may also cover the cost of the loss management consultant itself because they don't come cheap. And it's also important to remember that a widespread natural disaster often leads to a shortage of resources. So repairers, alternative suppliers can all be hard to source. So having the right advice and a disaster recovery plan from the word go can make a huge difference to how the business survives. And you mentioned earlier that there was quite a number of claims still outstanding from the the April storms for for these various reasons. That's right. I mean, there's such a limited availability of trades and even um, people like carpet cleaners, you know, they were you know, very, very hard to find in the early days. Mm. And, of course, fence fixers and roof fixers. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> very no, important. And, of course, it's not just the, the trades, as you say, it's also the resources, the, the new tiles and, and the components. Yes, and businesses can find that, you know, that becomes a major issue for them. If they can trade through that and, and then, you know, maybe need to close later in order to have those repairs done, then, you know, their insurance can work around that for them as well. And again, that, and that's where that possibly that business interruption comes in because it might be longer to get back on track than you thought it would. It, it, it would. And you can, you can lose business out of, out of mm. a major event if you can't um, complete the, the work in time or supply the product. Um, and the business interruption insurance can can often work with that event and be there to to help the business when they need it, even even if it's not immediately. So, so what would be some final thoughts on that matter? Well, I think um, it's vitally important to review your insurance regularly and pay particular attention to the sums insured on the policy. At the end of the day, insurance is all about protection, not price, and it's more important to have the right cover and the correct levels of cover than to pay the previous, the cheapest premium that you can find. It's also worth knowing what we mentioned before, it, that, of, of what the insurance doesn't cover. So, for example, flood is not a standard cover in all insurance policies, and it continues to cause issues when we have a major storm event. It's also advisable to revisit your insurance coverage at least once a year or more often if there are changes to the business. So things such as moving to another premises, a merger with another business, winning a major contract, or your business activities change, all might need that you need to revisit your insurance. Mm. And, you know, an important word to business owners, don't delegate important insurance decisions to employees. Always keep in touch with your insurance coverage and make yourself available to review your cover and always make the final call and, and final decisions on insurance coverages. So so do you find that a lot, that people do uh, delegate to someone else in the organisation? 
Look, we can find that. And, I mean, business people are, are very busy. Mm. Um, and, you know, we might we might go out on an appointment and and um and we'll you know have a general conversation with the business owner and then you know they might say look I'm 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 quite busy today I don't really have time to see you but my office manager's going to um she's going to take care of the insurance for you today um that office manager may not be fully across all business operations um, and having that conversation with the business owner, we often find out little gems of information that then, you know, you know, prick up our ears and we go, oh, well, I need to know more about that. Mm. There's something in there that the business owner doesn't realise is important for me to know, and then we can go from there and, and get some information. Right. Well, thanks very much for your time, Cathy. We'll have a chat with you again another time. Thanks, Julian. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cathy Thompson there from Markey Insurance. Yep. Let's be prepared for those storms. You never know when they may come back. And you're listening to Business, the Law and You on 2NURFM 103.7. It's coming up to 25 minutes past one. Time to pop over to Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you? I'm very well. Yourself? I'm pretty good. It'll be nice when it warms up a few degrees in the morning, let me tell you. I thought you were going to say you're wonderful, wonderful. I am wonderful, wonderful. (laughs) Thank you for bringing that up. Thank you. So the innovation of TV we're going to talk about today. Yes, and can I just, I just want to share with you um, a quote or or a conversation that I had last week with somebody about Nikola Tesla. So this little thing popped up on my Facebook describing the cell phone. So we will get from cell phone to television, but we'll do it in a minute. Um, So we went uh, describing the cell phone in 1926. So listen to this. When wireless is perfectly applied, the whole world will be converted into a huge brain, which in fact is all all things being particles of a real and rhythmic whole. We shall be able to communicate with one another instantly, irrespective of distance. Not only this, but through television and telephony, we shall see and hear one another as perfectly as though we were face-to-face, despite intervening distances of thousands of miles and the instruments to which we shall be able to do all of this will fit in our best pockets. So he had this vision in 1926. Even just the fact about the television kind of blew me away. But then I thought, was television that electronic and that everything in 1926? So I thought maybe it was one of these, you know, how you read quotes sometimes and you Mm. think, oh, that's made up, somebody else has done it. So I went and had a little bit of an investigation um, around the history of television, and it was quite fascinating because my, my history of television was, you know, it went to colour and, you know, fantastic. It, it is all the things that it is now, and now we've got the free-to-air debacle and all the rest of it. So, um, But television television actually started in the late 1800s. Wow. So there was a, a German student, Paul Nipkow, who um, developed the first ever mechanical module of television. So he sent messages and images through wires, and rotating discs and, you know, however his um, electronic brain worked. And he called it, the technology was called electric telescope, and it had 18 lines of resolution. We are up to so many lines of resolution Mm. now, you know, compared to that anyway. But what was really interesting for me was the electronic television history. And it started um, with a young chap by the name of Philo Taylor Farnsworth, who started experimenting with electronic television when he was 14 years old. So when he was 21, he created the first electronic television system. He had this vision um, about the electronic transmission and how the pictures would travel. And when you think about it, it's really strange that you can send pictures down a wire and now we send them wirelessly. Mm. And way back in 19, in you know, when this kid was 14 years old, 
Um, he had this vision about sending them through rotating discs and any other mechanical um, ideas that he came up with uh, of an electronic television system. And that is where the modern TV history started. So go back to 1907 or thereabouts. And that's where it all started, and I find that quite remarkable. Yeah. And then listening to Tesla's vision of where the cell phone's going to yeah. fit in your pocket is incredible. It's amazing how many people say to me, oh, I wish I lived back then because everything's been invented now. But uh, yeah, more yeah. and more things keep coming up, don't they? They do, and we'll find more and more things. And, and it's just remarkable how many of these visions people had many yeah. years ago are now a reality. So just imagine all the visions people are having now that in you know another 100 years' time will become a reality as well. Well, you've only got to look at Doctor Who or Star Trek or something like that and see that a lot of those way out things back 20 years ago are now with us. Yeah, that's right. And look at the hoverboard. I mean, yeah. the, there is a hoverboard. I was watching a, a video the other day about a hoverboard. And a, a, we might talk about this one next week, actually. A car that can turn into a helicopter-type vehicle yeah. um, and fly. They're actually doing experiments with it. So it exists. Already it exists. Just like we were talking a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago about the Jetson Pack. Sounds good. We'll and, talk next week. Yep. Okay, we shall. Have, Have a, a great week. week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina Sikiotis there. It's amazing how some of these ideas have been around for so long, isn't it? Well, before we get away, we've got time for a Harvard Business Review tip. Watch for signs of an emotional outburst. It's often a difficult thing to handle in the workplace, isn't it? People have emotional outbursts every now and then, but if you have a team member who particularly prone to them, you should anticipate behaviour like crying or screaming to prevent these situations from stalling your team's productivity. Watch for the telltale signs that sometimes is causing concern. When you notice someone is withdrawing eye contact or getting red in the face, acknowledge what you see. Steve, you've stopped mid-sentence a couple of times now. What's going on? And then listen very carefully to the response, both of what is said and what you can infer from the body language. For example, angry would be leaning in, clenched jaw or fists, and that looks very different from discouraged, which would be dropping eye contact and eye contact and slumping, or dismissive, which is rolling in the eyes or turning away. And finally, ask questions to get to the root of their emotion. I get the sense you're frustrated. What's behind your frustration? Afterwards, you should see some sort of relief. So, a very difficult situation to handle, but uh, observing that body language and asking the right questions could well cool it down. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've looked at how to storm-proof your business and uh, certainly take action long before it's going to happen and probably will happen again. And the innovation of TV and certainly Tesla's comments there about the mobile devices. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we'll visit new employment, the new employment market of The Hunter with Craig McGregor. We'll have a minute with innovation with Christina and some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for business, the law and you at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Mahatma Gandhi once said, happiness is what you think what you say and what you do when they're all in harmony.